The Leonard Lopez Show really needs your help. We are conducting an anonymous five-minute survey to learn a bit about you and the podcast that you love. So visit wmyc.podcastingsurvey.com to find it or click on the link in our show notes or on our show page. We'd really appreciate your help. Knowing more about you helps us put together more of the shows that you enjoy. Again, that's wnyc.podcastingsurvey.com. Thank you from all of us at the Leonard Lopez Show. Pies are the quintessential American dessert, but for many home cooks, the thought of making one from scratch can be kind of intimidating. That's why, for our first Food Fridays, please explain, this spring we have enlisted the help of renowned chef and pie maker Ron Silver, who, along with his wife and business partner Melissa Silver, owns Bubby's. Uh, they have locations in both Tribeca and the High Line, and they join us now to share their secrets to the art of pie making, from preparing the perfect filling to rolling out a flaky crust. Uh, Welcome to our show. Thank you. And we invite our listeners to join the conversation. Do you have any questions about pies? Give us a call. Our number is 212-433-9692. You can write to us on our show page at WMYC.org or on Facebook or Twitter, where our handle is at Leonard Lopate. Ron, how does someone get into the pie-making business? Well, Did you start in another part of the kitchen? Well, yes, I, I've really worked in the kitchen all my life. Um, I, I started washing dishes when I was like 13 and did that for, until I was about 18, really. And, in uh, in a family for, restaurant or just were you uh, uh, illegally working as a, a child laborer? <laughs> well, my mother, this was, you know, a long time ago in the 70s when they didn't really care so much. And I lied about my age. I said that I was 14. Um, but I, I had lost my allowance somehow through some misfortune of mine, <laughs> of mostly misbehavior. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to go and get a job, and I got one, really, the first place I walked into. And, uh, and so I've, I've really been in the kitchen all my life. But before that, I, I just loved cooking anyway. So you went from natural. washing dishes, uh, then they... they put you on the line, or they said, how'd you like to make pies? Well, no. I would say that there's very much not a straight line. I, I was so happy to wash dishes that when they, when somebody uh, asked me to clean shrimp, I thought I was sort of getting away with something because I, I got to work with a knife. <laughs> and I've always sort of felt like I was getting away with something, being a chef anyway, but I, I was sort of precocious and I grew up in in Salt Lake City, and I sort of worked in the best place I could, and then I moved to Atlanta and worked in the best place I could, and ended up in New York City in, I think, 1986. Somebody asked me to come, and uh, I, I helped cater a party at the Guggenheim Museum for some Jean Miro retrospective, and it was... And, and then I was in New York, and with, I think I had Bubby's open within a few years. Um, but Bubby's really started as a pie company, and the reason for that is because I wanted to, I wanted to be in the Pillsbury Bake Off <laughs> and win this. That was your real goal. My goal was to win this 
basically an amount of money that was going to last me the rest of my life, which is $25,000. <laughs> and um, and so I, I decided to enter pie because I had never actually had a good pie in my life, and it seemed like something worth salvaging from the freezer section of the grocery store. And what kind and of pie did you make? I started with apple pies. I, I, Is that the easiest kind I was of make? Apple pie in the summer. You know, it's really the probably one of the most difficult, and I also really started baking in June. And the thing about making pies is, is it's it is you really have to go through a full year of cycle because it changes all the time. If it's June or July, uh, you know the the butter gets hot, and so I, I was really learning under the most difficult circumstances, but I had no idea. Melissa, one so, reviewer described your restaurants as having heirloom pies. What does heirloom mean in that regard? Well, Ron, why don't you speak to that? No, oh, you can do it. The well, recipe. You know, but, I, I mean, mean go ahead. Really, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, Leonard, I'm calling. We're, I'm calling from Japan. Do you know that? Yes, Tokyo. It's, it's insane. I, it's two o'clock in the morning, so I'm, I'm a little jumbled. Um, so, so really, my, my goal is. But, uh, we, we have to stop for a second, <clears throat> yeah. since you introduced that. Why are you in Tokyo, and do uh, are Japanese people eating pies these days? Yes, it's amazing that, that we we have. I, we just opened our sixth store in in Tokyo, and. And people are lining up for pie, mm. but we, you know, we have full restaurants. But the, the pie is really popular. It's amazing. So back to heirloom pies. You, does that mean you're you're making them using traditional recipes? Yeah, I'm. I'm very much interested in in uh, preserving and restoring. Uh, as old of cooking techniques as possible, and you know, American American food is really a, a passion that I've always had, and apple pie really is a, at the top of the list of that for many reasons. Although Melissa brought us a, a strawberry and rhubarb pie, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about that in a little while. Uh, she must have known that that's one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> Melissa, in, in addition to your pies, you're known for your buttermilk biscuits. Are there similarities between biscuit making and pie making? For me, there is, yes. Um, the pulling together of the dough, uh, the you know, mixing it with your hands and the rolling. Um, I find the process. I'm not uh, a baker like Ron. We actually have... You take care of the business side? Well, not exactly. I mean, well, I, I do a bunch of different things. But as far as our um, our baking history or whatever, I grew up uh, around uh, pies a lot. My grandmother was a baker, and she was always baking pies. And they still, to this day, um, are probably the best pies I've ever had. Um, so Better than it was Ron's. interesting... Well, it's funny because I'm always, I'm like the, the quintessential pie critic, mm-hmm. although I'm not as skilled as Ron in any way uh, as far as the baking goes. <laughs> but I definitely have a lot to say about uh, the final product and, and um, you know, what I think is good or bad. But um, So Ron, I, is making I, biscuits I, I, I like making pies? Well, there's a lot of similarities, but I, I was just going to say that I, I feel like 
Melissa's grandmother is the platonic pie maker. <laughs> She's the ideal. Perfect. The perfect ideal. So there, there are similarities with making biscuits. Uh, we, we make laminate, like layered biscuits. So, so you uh, make a, a main part of the dough and then roll it out and, and put butter in and fold it over, you know, five or six times. So it gets very a lot of layers, and that's very much what what pie crust is uh, with with a little less finesse. Well, some bakers use lard in their pie crust, while others prefer shortening or butter. What do you use? Well, I love lard. I'm, I am I am a lard sort of maniac, um, and and the whole cause of lard and everything about it is very you know deep history and very political. So. Well, can't the quality of lard vary a lot? How easy is it for yes. home cooks to find good lard in a store? Do you, do you have to render your own? Well, you know, it's not easy at all. Uh, and the, and, the, and the, the lard that you buy in a, a basic grocery store uh, is really not good. So it's it's important to find a good source for lard with you know well raised animals because really a lot of the nasty stuff rests in the fat the fatty tissue, and you really would just want to use leaf lard, which is this sort of you know uh, there's not a lot of it, and so the, the 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 best way to get it is from a good reputable butcher or you know, somebody that you know how they're raising their animals. So it is, it's difficult to do, I think. Well, what would you suggest for lard, uh, as a substitute for lard, uh, that can be used by vegetarians or people who observe kosher laws? Well, uh, Crisco is, Crisco, vegetable shortening is good, even though it's not very good for you. Um, and butter is really the best thing to use. And, uh, you know, I think if you want to approximate lard, you could use butter and Crisco. And there are probably, or, you know, there are probably better vegetable shortenings than that. What Crisco about butter and lard? Butter and lard is great. Now, I, I, in fact, for our pies at Bubby's, we use uh, uh, 70, 30, 70% butter and 30% lard. What about adding vinegar to the dough? Many cooks claim that the acid in vinegar helps to prevent the gluten in the flour from toughening. Is that true? Well, you know, I've heard that, and I think that there is something to it. Um, I, I, I personally prefer to just try to finesse it as well as possible. Um, in the, you know, when you're mixing, when you when you cut butter into the flour, it's really important that everything is very cold. And in fact, there's a there's a saying that I'm sure many people have heard that you you need cold hands and a warm heart to make pie, and there really is something to that. Uh, you know, if your hands are too hot, it starts melting the butter quickly, and you want to sort of work quickly with it. Um, so I I prefer to sort of get into the feeling of that, uh, although I, I I have I have had pastry made with vinegar, and it's and it's delicious, so very flaky, and it's a certain kind of flakiness. And then everything has to be kept cold? Uh, many recipes even call for using cold water. So what do you do? You, uh, you make sure that the butter is cold, that your hands are cold, that all the other things are cold. Stick it in the, uh, do you stick it in the freezer? Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, you use, we use ice water. I mean, you should use ice water, and that's why it's hard to make pie in the summer. Now, what happens if you don't? Does it just become less flaky? Yes, it'll, it'll be very tough and, yes, really not very good. Um, sometimes it, it will sort of melt over on the side and not hold its shape and stuff like that. It's just sort of, it's like a broken sauce in a way. What about adding baking soda or baking powder? Are they absolutely necessary? I don't, I don't use any of those things. I do, the only thing I use is fat and flour and salt. And what and kind of flour? Pastry flour or all-purpose all flour? I'm sorry, I interrupted all you. You purpose. said you That's, said salt? Yes, I, a little, little pinch of salt. Uh, and then all-purpose flour? Yes. Uh, what about, do you recommend making a pie crust in the food processor, or do you have to mix it by hand? Well, I think that you can make it in a food processor. I I don't do it. I always cut everything by hand. But I think a food processor is not the worst thing. But you have to be very quick and and again keep everything really cold. I think is the key. And I always like to err on the side of leaving very big chunks of fat. Like there's this you know in recipes you'll see that you that you want this sort of texture of cornmeal. But I really like to leave chunks that are more like the size of the tip of your finger. Oh, they're, not, they're talking about pebbly. Them, but yes, pebbly. But you think bigger than pebbly is good? I think a, a few bigger pebbles are, <laughs> are really lead to, you know, the more you can get away with, the flakier the crust is. So that really does become the game of, like, how big your pebbles can stay <laughs> and still have the thing hold together. How do you prevent the dough from sticking to the rolling pin? And uh, I've always wondered about whether it's better to lightly flour the board or the countertop or to roll the dough out between sheets of parchment paper or plastic wrap. So do you make pie very often? I've been known to make one. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I like to flour. I like to just flour the board and flour the pin. And and uh, you don't have any problems. Now is it? Uh, well, I've been doing it for a long time, so <laughs> I don't usually have too many problems making pie crust. What about making a double crust pie? Does the top crust need to be vented to for the the pie to be to bake properly? Yes, that's really important. And I think it's also one of the places where you really get to be creative and make, you can just go crazy with with uh, nice little designs in your vents. So that's something that I particularly love, but it's important to let the steam out while it's baking. Do you use an egg wash if you want a shiny top crust? Well, <laughs> I do not do that either. I really try to stay as basic as possible, and that sort of gets back to this heirloom thing, although I'm sure there are millions of people, millions, millions of people who do use egg wash and did. I I like to have a nice sort of, I don't know, matte finish. (laughs) (laughs) A listener asks if she can make a crust and then stick it in the freezer and then take it out and defrost it later. Before it's baked? Mm Mm-hmm. 
I guess that's oh, what yeah. she's asking. That's a that's a really important thing to to do. Um, you know, you're you're the the people that we're on before we're talking about just being prepared and getting as many things done as possible in advance and making making the crust in advance and just keeping it in the freezer either rolled out or as as a ball uh it you know makes it so that you can sort of go to the farmer's market and come back and have pie crust ready to go without a, a bunch of hassle now I know you wouldn't do this, but is it ever okay to use store-bought pre-made pie dough or those pie crusts that you you find in the freezer case? Well, since we <laughs> live in America, I would have to say that it is okay sometimes, but I personally would rather, um, you know, not do that. We're going to take a little break, come back with more from Ron Silver, Melissa Silver, owners of Bubby's and... Uh, a bunch of restaurants in not only in New York now, but in Japan. Where else, Melissa? Tokyo and here, New York City. New York and Tokyo, just those two cities. That seems like a strange mix. <laughs> so far, <laughs> yes. Well, we will come back with more. We invite your calls at 212-433-9692. I know pie making can be a real mystery, and we have somebody who really knows how to do it right. 212-433-9692, or you can write to us on our show page at WMIC.org or on Facebook or Twitter, where our handle is at Leonard Thopate. And we are back with Ron Silver and Melissa Silver, the co-owners of Bubby's, which has two locations in New York City. Uh, both in Tribeca and on the High Line, and also a whole bunch in Tokyo. If you're listening from Tokyo, you can go to one of their places and get pie, although you're making more than pie these days, aren't you? Oh, yes. Right. Well, you, but, you know, you brought, Melissa brought a rhubarb and strawberry pie, uh, and I have to tell you, one of the, um, the most appealing parts of pie, before you even eat it, is just the aroma. Mm-hmm. It is driving me crazy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have allergies, so I can't smell it that uh, well. But yes, no, I Well, know. I don't, and Baking it smells pies, great. So, yeah. We are inviting calls at 212-433-9692. Mike from Jersey City. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, how are you? Well. Fine. Good. You know, I, I had uh, started baking pies uh, with a uh, – my daughter had – entered an art contest, and she failed, and I said, tell me what you want to do. And uh, she said, well, why don't you bake a pie for the country uh, fair? And so I baked about 70 of them and uh, served them on the uh, beach next to my house. And so I really learned how to uh, bake crust and the fruits of what were happening. And also I, the best thing that I've learned is butter, 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 but also to add air into the butter. Um, so that was... Like How do you add the, the air into the butter? Well, I put it in a blender, and then I added it in, into the pie, kept it very cold, um, and the, uh, dough, the uh, dough would roll out just perfectly for me. So, wow. Um, but, and also, it's the freshest of fresh fruit that I could find, um, peaches and raspberries in New Jersey. Um at the time of August, I guess, in, oh, yeah. in 
June. Well, it's right so, now. Right now is the, the season where we're starting to see rhubarb. So, yeah. uh, is that why we're uh, we have a rhubarb party here? That's right. It just came into the market very recently. And why, Ron? Why is it often paired with strawberries? It, isn't rhubarb pretty great by itself? <clears throat> well, we. By the way, we have your recipe posted on our website. I think one way to look at it is, uh, you know, in the early bleakness of winter, you're eating pumpkins, and by the end of winter, you're eating sort of just desperation. And when rhubarb comes, you get rhubarb pies, and then when strawberries come, you're sort of <clears throat> ready to throw those in there. <laughs> so I think the, 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 the reason they go together is because they're sort of born together at the same time of the year. And the strawberries sweeten it a bit. So you don't have to add as much sugar. Yeah, the the flavor of strawberry root. Like I, I wish that I was there smelling that right now. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. Some recipes for pies like lemon meringue and chocolate cream pie, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> call for blind baking the pie crust or baking the empty shell. What's the best way to do that? Do you have to use baking weights? Well, you know, I... I use dried beans for that. So basically, you know, you roll out the dough into the pan, and then uh, you you want to dock, you know, put some holes into the dough, and then sort of refrigerate it again and let it get cold, and then take parchment paper and put it down into the pie crust that's you know before it's baked, and just fill it up with with dry beans you know, really mm-hmm. all the way full so that it's pushing everything into the sides. And, and then, you know, there's there's blind baking and there's uh, and then there's just a fully baked crust. So you can sort of decide what you want to do. In the, in the case of a, a lemon meringue, you want to bake the custard into a blind baked crust. Let's take a, along these lines, let's take a call from Sabrina in Brooklyn. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, thank you. Um just answered my question in part, but one question I had is, how do you know when to pre-bake your pie crust? You had mentioned, you know, meringue pies, maybe French silk pies, you know, quiches. Is there a rule of thumb I could use next time I bake? Well, essentially, just fruit pies, fruit pies you want to bake all the way, and when, when you are baking a pie, you're sort of baking two things at the same time. You're baking the pastry on the outside, which you want to be beautiful and golden and, and flaky, and you're also baking the fruit on the inside. So, uh, so there's an so the fruit pies mostly are not, uh, or mostly not blind baked, and a, a custard pie like a pumpkin pie or something like. Uh, um, key lime pie, if you want to bake it in a regular pastry, you would blind bake it because it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't take as long to, to bake the custard, and while you're, while you're baking the custard, you're, baking, you're bringing the pie the rest of the way to being done. But what about the filling? Thickening fruit pies can be tricky. What do you suggest you use as a thickener? Well, There's I, so I many really different like, textures to fruit pies, though, right? Well, think? I'm talking. Well, some you don't need thickeners, yeah. but some get all juicy. Some, some are people runnier, suggest tapioca, some are more gelatinous. 
Yeah, is tapioca, tapioca what you use, Ron? Cornstarch? Well, I use... Arrowroot? I don't really... I don't use too much uh, cornstarch. I, I use tapioca sometimes for, like, a juicy, like, cherry pies. Mm-hmm. And I like flour for apple pies and sort of, you know, autumn fruits. And then how long should you let a fruit pie cool at room temperature before you cut into it? Well, that's a very good, good question. question. <laughs> up, in, up in Maine, they would say zero time. How much time would you say, Melissa? I like runny pie. I don't like um, real uh, firm fruit mm-hmm. middles. I like it more juicy and runny. So it doesn't bother me so at all. So sometimes it cools down enough to not burn your tongue? Basically, yeah. But I don't know if everyone <laughs> shares that opinion. A listener wonders if Bubby's has a, a store in Red Hook. You don't have a store in Red Hook, do you? No. Okay. No. <laughs> Renee from New Jersey, you're on the air. Hi. I am a, I've never made a pie in my life. <laughs> my mother-in-law lived to be 98, and I watched her make many apple pies, which her son oh. loved. But they were not flaky. So I'd like to have them. So this is my question. The pebbly part. I get the cold, the water, the salt, and the flour, and the quick. But I don't get the pebbly part because when you roll it out, is it all pebbly or some of it is pebbly? When you roll it out, the pebbles kind of incorporate themselves and flatten down. It's when you're pulling it together with your hands, you don't want to work it so much that you lose those balls of butter or whatever you you want to call them. So um, am I right, Ron? Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. Yes, I I think that's exactly right. And it sort of looks maybe like a leopard pattern while you're rolling it out. Yeah, when you roll it, you can see the round you know, balls that became flat in between okay. the flour. Right. So it's not all pebbles. Pardon my ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. not ignorant. It's not so ignorant. Sure. Thank you for calling. Bud from the Upper East Side, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. Um, about apple pies, uh, the most important secret I think he's avoiding. What type of apples? Uh, Granny Smith's, Gala? Uh, um, should you mix them? Mix the varieties, oh. tart and sweet? I, I, I like to mix I like sweet and tart, hmm. um, but it's it's good at apple season to just go taste them and see. You know, I, I think it's always good to have a, a sort of one that's going to cook down a little bit and and also add texture. But, Melissa, I know you have favorite apples. What are they? I just like very tart apples. I mean, I like the traditional Granny Smith, which I know is not very creative or, you know, making use of all the different varieties the mutsu is that the one i used to love mm-hmm. i tend towards hard uh hard tart apples the Nothing apples with that any you might eat of... just as an apple they, yes. they work best in the pie well i don't even like to eat a sweet apple so i i always err on very kind of firm and tart do you ever use delicious apples ron the really sweeties I, I love using delicious apples. Um, you know, I think it really is, it depends on what time of year it is because sometimes with delicious apples after, like, December, they sort of start becoming too soft. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I guess it's just a question of, of uh, I mean, I love, I love these mutsus and greening apples are really nice in pie, but they're really firm. So it's, it's not always best to use only those. Do we follow similar guidelines when we're making savory pies? 
similar guidelines. Well, as we've been talking about as, crust and all of that. The crust, yes, I think. You're making pretty much the same kind of crust. Well, I, when I, when with savory pies, I, I like to use only lard and um, sort of make it, roll it out a little thicker because there's, there's mo- it's mostly very stewy inside. Uh, so. You know, that's really how pie was born anyway, like on a Roman ship, just some dough wrapped around meat kind of thing. And I, I guess I, when, I, when, making a, uh, when making savory pies, I like to just make sure there's enough crust to sort of dip things into. Mm-hmm. And are you making uh, the lard pebbly the way you would the butter? Yes, it's the same treatment, really. A listener may, says... Uh, she makes uh, pies using a glass pan where the juices spoil over. How do you prevent that? Uh, well, you put a. You can just put a put sheet it on pan a underneath sheet. it. <laughs> and don't yeah. worry. Uh huh. Or you could put aluminum foil under it, but a sheet pan is probably better. Will it because it'll give you an even heat underneath? Well, I think it depends on how much liquid is bubbling over because sometimes you can really get a lot of it and. Uh, you know, if you if you can capture it on a sheet pan, that really is almost like fruit leather. So it's, it's not the worst thing, um, and you can really avoid a mess. I think with foil, it, it could tend to just run off the side and end up smoking up an oven. Selma from Manhattan, you're on the air. Hi. <clears throat> Go ahead. Um, I have heard you talk about all your different. Um, kinds of shortenings. My mother always made a pie crust with Wesson oil. She insisted it had to be Wesson oil. And uh, that pie crust is absolutely flaky and delicious. And I don't ever hear anybody talking about that. No, that's a real, actual thing. It's 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 amazing that I I, I tried that a, a couple of months ago. Did you really? Anyway. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I never knew anybody else who made it, although I've spread that around a lot amongst my friends, uh, and everybody finds it good. Uh, I'm wondering about your reaction to it. It doesn't taste a little oily? No, it's not oily at all. That's so interesting. Yes. I was amazed. I, 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 I am 100% a thumbs up on that method, and I—I I mean, I was curious about it and tried it. I don't—it must have been three or four months ago. It's amazing uh-huh. that it—that it, it comes out like that. It goes against all logic. And then another <laughs> listener wonders about using olive oil because uh, uh, that have Italians make uh, pie, pie, pie crusts in at Easter using olive oil. Uh, I—you I, know, my mother. <laughs> Uh, I'm 88 years old, and um, my mother's been gone for a very long time. And I've made, I would probably say, hundreds of pies using uh, Wesson oil. And I'm scared to death of trying any other oil because she always said it had to be that one. (laughs) And I think the proportions are important, too. Uh, For a single crust, I use a third of a cup of Wesson. And... uh, uh, three tablespoons of cold, whole milk wow. into the flour. Mm. 
Now, yeah, let's talk about milk for a while. Should it always be whole milk when you're using, doing something like a custard, or should you use heavy cream, or should you use half and half? And we don't have a lot of time. We're kind of running out of time now. I always use just whole milk, whole milk. but a little bit of cream makes a very rich custard. So if you want that, it's delicious. Meanwhile, we, as I said, we have uh, your recipe for rhubarb strawberry pie on our website. And uh, mm. I thank you so much for participating in today's Please Explain. We haven't covered every kind. We didn't get to lemon meringue pies. Oh, we didn't get to so many difficult <laughs> things. But, you know. There's a universe of pie. Everyone should make pie. <laughs> Don't <laughs> be afraid pie. to make pie. And yeah. pies have been the topic of today's Please Explain. We've been talking with Ron Silver, Melissa Silver. Uh, if you're not in Tokyo, they have restaurants here, Bubby's in Tribeca and the Highland. Highline. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. It was lovely. 